We are on the air. Jasper, what's going on? Good morning. <clears throat> it is 9.30 a.m. We're going to get the program started. Good morning, Brother Nate. Uh, welcome. You have a big day ahead of you uh, later this week. And uh, welcome, everyone, to the broadcast. As we people are getting on, I'm going to go ahead and play our uh, praise team, uh, praise music selection. Uh, Great is your mercy uh, by Donnie McClurkin, and it was performed at the Gospel Goes Classical uh, series in South Africa. So I'm going to go ahead and play that now while people are getting on line with us. Thanks. Good morning, Christy.
Good morning. That was uh, Donnie McClurkin and a cast of individuals in a choir, Gospel Goes Classical, South Africa series. Um, that's uh, You can find just about anything you want on YouTube now as far as music is concerned, so by all means, uh, uh, delve into that if you need to. Okay, uh, it's 9.35. We're going to go ahead and get started with our program and make sure that we are... Uh, relatively on time today. We've got a number of uh, topics to cover. Um, one thing I do want to mention is uh, today is, um, according to a note that I saw on Facebook, today is Victor Eves' birthday. So please make sure that you give him a shout out and, uh, and make sure that you're, you let him know that uh, I know how old he is and I'm sure he feels uh, not uh, one day older than... <laughs> um, Happy birthday, Vic. Uh, if you're listening or if not, we'll catch you a little bit later on. Um, we're going to pray uh, also when we get started here, a couple of announcements before we pray. Um, please remember your, your tithes and offerings. Uh, we highly recommend that you, uh, if you're not uh, coming to church, that you certainly are welcome to mail those uh, to Akron Alliance Fellowship. Akron Alliance Fellowship is the, uh, the uh, header you use, 688 Diagonal Road in Akron, Ohio. Uh, 44320 and uh, we appreciate you doing that if you're coming to church today at our drive-in worship service uh, please note that you can drop off your tithe or offering on the in the box on the side of the church next to the main entrance um, we would appreciate your keeping that under consideration um, also please remember to keep uh, Pastor Gus in prayer uh, for his ongoing recovery to my knowledge he's at home he was supposed to have gone home on Thursday um, and he should be recovering at home right now, continuing rehab there. Uh, please keep him in prayer. Uh, we appreciate you doing that and keeping that in mind. Um, 
a lot of what's going to be discussed here in Sunday school as well as in our uh, Sunday message a little bit later on uh, after 11 o'clock is going to be talking about thinking about others and keeping them under consideration for prayer. We spent a good amount of time last week uh, in the message talking about what you do to overcome fear with your own personal faith. And now we're going to extend that outside of ourselves and make sure that we're looking for others, looking to others as well, too, and making sure that they're doing well <clears throat> under the circumstances. Paul's letter to the Colossians that we'll look, be looking at here um, in just a moment uh, is going to express that very concern for the people of the church. Um, so there is a lot tied into this. Um, and even uh, Charles Stanley this morning um, mentioned a passage in this uh, particular a passage we're covering as well, too, uh, about knowing God's will, which is something that's very, very important. So with that in mind, um, welcome again. Uh, thank you for coming uh, and joining us here. Well, welcome to Sunday School, broadcasting from uh, the dining room of a house in Little York, Ohio. Uh, we're going to get started right now with a word of prayer, and uh, let's get started. Father, we thank you for this time that you've given us to uh, just sit before you quietly and just hear you speak to us. We thank you for your very presence this morning. We thank you for all that you have done for us and all that you continue to do for us. We thank you for giving us reminders of your goodness. In the midst of difficulty, strife, and turmoil, thank you for those reminders. We need them, and we need them sometimes desperately. We thank you for your church. We thank you for the ability to gather together as we do every Sunday. And Lord, we have been faithful to you and we remain faithful even after a brief interruption. We've been getting together online now for uh, since April the 5th, and that's just such a blessing to be able to do that. And we thank you for your very presence. We pray now, Lord, that you just bless us. Give us this day and every day the constant reinforcement and encouragement in your word. And Lord, you don't set us up for failure. You set us up to be successful in you with just the brief reminders of being obedient to your word and looking to you. And Lord, we just give you thanks and praise and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, one quick note too, uh, just as a reminder for also for when we're coming to church today, of course you know that the, there is a mandate about a mask. Um, there's no protocol change whatsoever that you need to do as far as us coming to church and gathering together. We still have the same protocols we've had in place. We still are encouraging the social distancing. You bring your lawn chairs, of course, and we are still encouraging you to wear a mask if you're within six feet of someone. So there is no change whatsoever in what was st stated as far as the mandatory mask mandate. The mandatory mask mandate pretty much means that you need to have a mask when you go indoors somewhere that's not your residence. Um, so just keep that in mind uh, if you uh, are going inside the building for any reason. You will need to wear a mask for that. Uh, but outside of that, um, enjoy the weather. It's going to be warm today. Uh, it's going to uh, be about 83 degrees around 11 o'clock. Uh, and the temperature is going to go up to 90, but not until about 3 o'clock. So that's the good thing. We're, we're going to miss a lot of the hot weather. But it's still going to be warm and humid, so dress accordingly. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and get started with Colossians. We're going to be studying in Colossians. We've moved over from uh, Philippians to Colossians, and we're going to chapter 1. Turn your Bibles and your electronic devices to Colossians chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 1 through 14. Colossians chapter 1, 
verses 1 through 14. <clears throat> and what is happening here, this is another uh, church that uh, Paul did not start this church. Paul uh, is aware of it. He was over all of these churches that were being planted. Uh, this church in Coloss was founded by Epaphras, which is going to be mentioned in verse 7 of this passage. And uh, he was one of Paul's converts. And Paul had not yet visited this church. This was a church that uh, he was aware of and knew that there was an issues in the church. And that's why he had written the letter to the, the Coloss church. The uh, subject here in this particular passage is going to be about what Christ has done. And boy, amen, we can attest to what Christ has done in our lives, especially over the last few months, and what he has done to uh, deliver us and keep us. Um, and the theme of this particular passage is about thanksgiving and prayer. And understand the Colossus Church um, has a very large Jewish population who had fled under uh, persecution from the Roman emperor, emperors Antiochus III and IV, about 200 years before Christ had come. So there's a lot of uh, Jews that settled in that area. And what Paul was going to be writing about and dealing with as we get further and deeper into this passage in coming weeks is that there was some confusion being uh, started within those churches about heretical teachings. And so Paul was writing to address those uh, misunderstandings, those, those bad teachings, whatever it were. But let's go ahead and start reading from verse 1 through verse 14 of Colossians chapter 1. Um, follow with me, please. Uh, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints in Christ at Coloss, who are faithful brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints. Because of the hope reserved for you in heaven, you have already heard about this hope in the word of truth, the gospel, that has come to you. It is bearing fruit and growing all over the world, just as it has among you since the day you heard it and came to truly appreciate God's grace. You learned this from Epaphras, our dearly loved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. And he has told us about your love in the Spirit. Verse 9. For this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience joyfully, giving joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Amen. So that's the passage, and we're going to go back over this and, and look at some verses uh, to supplement what's been discussed as well, too. Um, and Paul is pointing out, in all of his greetings, he identifies who he is, which is always a good thing. If you're writing a letter to someone and you want to give identification to who you are, 
but also even some qualifications and clarifications for what you're about to say. And that's something that's very important here. And so Paul, back in verse 1, he mentions that he's an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will. Um, and he is writing this, and Timothy is also involved with this writing. But he's giving those credentials because he was not one of the original 12 disciples. And that's something that we are reminded of. But yet he is still an apostle. Um, he was chosen and sent by God as a missionary or an ambassador. And he also saw God and had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. Um, I think from the standpoint of definitions of who apostles are, we have to make the assumption that the original 12 apostles who were involved with Jesus Christ, 12 disciples were indeed apostles because they had that uh, power because they were with him and went with him for about two years. But here, uh, Saul, who became Paul, had that personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ and was definitely sent by God to go out and preach. So we're also talking about the will of God. Boy, how interesting how this morning Charles Stanley's uh, topic spoke specifically about God's will and about God's will for your life. And I think that it's important for all of us to know that each and every one of us does indeed have a calling from God according to his will to serve him. And if you don't really know what that is, you need to find out. You need to seek him and ask him what, though that we, what his will is. And if you're sincerely doing so, he is going to respond to you accordingly. So he was appointed. He is giving that qualification in writing this letter. And keep in mind, too, that he had not personally met this church. Uh, this is something that he hadn't gotten to that church yet to meet with them in person and greet with them. So he gave that qualification to show who he was. So going down now to verse 3, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all the saints. And we want to make sure that there is a reminder that we as a church should be prayerful. People are praying for us. We are remembering about what Christ Jesus has done for us, Jesus has done for us, and remembering how it is important for us to love others as well, too. So once again, a further qualification of what believers are to do each and every day as we gather together and as we're not gathered together. We are thinking outside of ourselves. We are not just thinking about ourselves. We're not thinking about our own personal situations, but we're thinking about what God has done for us and how we need to in turn think about and care about other people. Think about that as we go forward in this particular lesson and even as we uh, go through the sermon today. Now let's take a look at verse 5. This is an important passage here. It picks up, because of the hope reserved for you in heaven. You have already heard about this hope in the word of truth the gospel. We do what we do because of the hope that awaits us. We do what we do because there is a promise that God has given to us. We do what we do not for just vanity's sake or not just because we're trying to impress someone. We're doing it because there is a common thread that we all have. And that common thread as believers in Jesus Christ is that we have a hope that is reserved for us in heaven couple of passages I want to take a look at here. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 
and we're going to take a look at verses 8 through 11. Now, I know that this is going to seem redundant, but it really isn't redundant. Because the reason why we need to be reminded of these things when we read Scripture and look at Scripture is because we're dealing with the real world out there. We're dealing with situations out there that are beyond our control. We're dealing with circumstances that are certainly beyond our control. We're dealing with life where there is very little that we do control. Um, we, we would love to be able to do certain things, and certain things we just haven't been able to do lately because of um, this quarantining, this, uh, uh, this pandemic that we're in. And understand that um, the pandemic now is not just about a virus. The pandemic now is about uh, making sure that we're remaining safe, that we're staying out of uh, harm's way, that we're doing things that are beneficial to us and taking care of our families. These are all very important things. We should be definitely wearing masks when we go out. Um, I'm not going to... There's all kinds of studies about how masks don't work, but at the same time, all I know is that my God does work in keeping us safe and protecting us. And that's something we have to keep in mind. But what is this hope that we're talking about? First Thessalonians 5, verse 8. But since we belong to the day, and this is something that it refers to, we are not people who are at night where we're messing around, doing things we shouldn't be doing. We are a part of the light of the day, uh, as being written here by... Um, uh, in, in the writing here. Let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Verse 9, For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain, obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. See that last part? Encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. God encourages us with his word that we are not destined for wrath, but we are to have salvation and fellowship in the Lord Jesus Christ who died for us. And that's what it comes down to. Each and every one of us who is looking at this particular message online should recognize that Christ died for you. Whether you have a relationship with him or not, we are all in the same situation. And the difference is if you acknowledge that Jesus Christ died for you and paid the penalty for your sin and you ask for forgiveness of sin, and he too will give you this hope that we're talking about right now, this hope that we will be with him, whether we're awake or asleep. And that means whether we're dead or alive. Whether we're dead or alive, there's going to come a time when the Lord says the end will come, when we will be with him, when we will have fellowship with him, when we will rise out of our graves, when we, we will, if we're still alive, we'll be caught up in the air and we'll be able to meet with him. And that's something that's very, very important for us to understand. No matter what you're going through right now and what struggles you're having, you have the promise of Jesus Christ. No matter what you're going through, that whether you're living or dead, when he says it's time, he will bring you to him. And that's a hefty amen. Uh, that's something that we have to keep in mind. Another passage I want to look at real quick is 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter 1 verses 3 through 5. 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 through 5. 
Hi, Deneen. Good morning. This is a great passage. Uh, it's something that's also a great reminder as well, too. Uh, I'm going to read from it, verses 3 through 5. Uh, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Do you realize that he has this salvation hope guarded for you personally? And this is even at the point where you finally decide that you want to become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's there for you. It's waiting for you. It's just a matter of you making the acknowledgement that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life and that you need him to be the head of your life and that's all it takes that's all it takes you have to acknowledge of course the sin in your life and if you acknowledge if you don't you can't call Jesus Lord if you don't acknowledge the sin in your life because that sin basically means that you're your own Lord you don't have a Lord so you have to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life in order for you to receive this inheritance, imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. You know, inheritances are, are being achieved all the time here on earth. When people die, they leave something to their children, their family members. And eventually those things are going to perish and fade because they're all material things. They're all, even money eventually wears out. Even money eventually disappears. Um, and that's something that's very important for us to keep in mind. But this inheritance that we have is not going to fade. It's unfading, undefiled, imperishable. Why? Because it's being kept in heaven by the Lord. It's something for us to look forward to. So going back to verse 5, back in Colossians chapter 1, this is the hope that is reserved for us in heaven that Paul is referring to. He is mentioning this hope uh, in the word of truth in the gospel. And that's what has been revealed to us we came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because of the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so this is what the result is of our having faith and trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't go too quickly past that particular passage. It's really important for us to see this. We know that we have hope because of who Jesus Christ is, how he keeps his promises. Um, and another important note here. We are free to live for Christ and do what else? Love other people. How about that? It doesn't just stop with you. Yes, this hope in Christ is certainly for you, but now we need to make sure that we are loving others in the process. Remember your destination. Remember where God has you. He has already prepared a place for you in heaven, and I can't wait to get to that condo in heaven. Uh, whatever that is that he has prepared for us, that's something that's very important for us to see. Um, it really is something that's just amazing. It's an amazing thing that God has done for us. So let's go back to passage uh, verse 6 in our passage in Colossians chapter 1. The gospel that has come to you, it is bearing fruit and growing all over the world just as it has among you since the day you heard it 
and came to truly appreciate God's grace. Yes, God's word is indeed information. It is something that is passed on from person to person, but that information does more than that. It's supposed to transform us. It's supposed to not just inform us, but transform us. Take us from to a different place altogether. There's all kinds of information out there that's being put out in the world today about what to do about the virus, what to do about the violence, what to do about this and that. People have all kinds of talking points. People have all kinds of issues. But the one consistency about the word of Jesus Christ is that it's supposed to transform you. It turns you over into a new person from an old person. New believers have a purpose change, a directional change, an attitude change, a behavioral change. This is how we are to differ from the world. We're not any longer looking to seek just whatever it is to please us, but now we're looking to please God. We're looking to please him. We're looking to live according to his will. We're looking to serve him in whatever capacity he would have us to be in. He wants us to bear fruit of his for others. So it is a transforming message. The gospel of Jesus Christ has transformed us from the very day that you accepted Christ as Savior. And mine was back when I was, uh, was back in 1987. And, and that was the time, 1986, excuse me. I'm going to get the year right. 1986, uh, that's when I was transformed. Uh, from a person who didn't know the Lord, was curious about the Lord, wanted to think about what the Lord was doing, wondering what it was about my life that it needed to change. It had everything to do with accepting and acknowledging Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And so that's what's very important for us to uh, see in this gospel message that's gone all over the world. Now, you understand, it certainly has gone all over the world, whether there is a pandemic or not. And God is making his presence known to each and every one of us because of his goodness and what he has done. He is making it known to us about who he is, where he would have us to be. And he wants us to look to him in these times, in good times as well as not so good times. And I'm just very thankful about his mercy. Um, He's been a very merciful God. Uh, he is merciful. There's a passage in Daniel 9, 9 about how the Lord God is merciful and forgiving even though we have rebelled against him. And how many of us have rebelled against God? Uh, that's something that we all can say without any hesitation. He certainly, We certainly have rebelled against him. We have certainly done things that are contrary to what he would have us to do. And yet he has been merciful. He's cut us a lot of slack. Amen? When we don't cut ourselves slack, you know, frankly, he's cut us slack. When we don't cut other people slack, you know, we we give them a hard time, uh, yet he is merciful. And I'm very thankful for his mercy. That's what's very important for us to see here. Going back to verse 7 in Colossians. You learn this from Epaphras, our dearly loved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. And he has told us about your love in the Spirit. Now, Epaphras is a convert, uh, one of Paul's converts. Paul led a lot of people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And with those people who were willing and who were able, they were able to go out throughout the countryside and set up churches in different cities. And Epaphras is the one who is credited with starting the Church of Colossus. 
uh, the Colossian church. And what Paul is describing is about what he knows about Epaphras. He's a faithful minister. He is ministering to that, those people, and he has told us, and told Paul, and told Timothy about your love in the Spirit. Wouldn't you love to have someone who visits our church, for example, and be able to communicate with, with others? Boy, those people love the Lord. Those people really do know their stuff. Those people really are supportive of each other. And that's exactly what's happening here. He's letting the church know that the good word has been spoken about them, about their faithfulness, about their love in the Spirit. And that's where it starts. Church isn't perfect. Our church isn't perfect. But it does start with what? Our love in the Spirit. Our love for Christ. If we're showing our love for Christ, it will manifest itself to other people in different ways. And I can't stress that enough. It starts with the love of Jesus Christ. And you will think about, rather than yourself, or rather about unnecessary disputes or things that are meaningless when it comes to disputes, you'll be thinking about what's really important, and that's serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's drop down to verse 9 in Colossians 1. For this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. Amen and amen. Don't stop praying. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So Paul is asking that they, is letting them know, excuse me, that they haven't stopped praying for them because they need prayer. Because we all need prayer. We need prayer every day. We need to pray for ourselves, of course, but we need to pray for other people. And understand that if you're praying and making petitions for others, God is listening to you, and he is hearing you. And he's hearing you because you want to make sure that what is happening in those prayers is that people are gaining in knowledge. One of the things that was very important that even Charles Stanley mentioned this morning is that it is God's will for you to be sanctified in the Holy Spirit, to grow and learn more and more. That's what he wants for us. Take a look at what it says in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15, 16, and 17. I'll just do all three of those. 15 through 17. Ephesians 1, verses 15 through 17. I made a note of 16, but I'm going to add 17 in there because I think we need to have the final thought in that process. It says, for this reason, in Ephesians 1, verse 15, for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. That is an ongoing growth process that we are praying for for all of the believers, all the saints. That's sanctification. That's exactly what we're talking about. That is what he wants us to have. He wants us to not stand still in our faith. He wants us to continue to grow in our faith. He wants us to continue to progress in our faith. And why is that? Go back to Colossians 1, verse 10. It is so that you may walk worthy of the Lord fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and growing in the knowledge of God. What about that? That's exactly what we just got through saying. 
There's one more passage to look at here. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 3. Notice, notice we were just read from Ephesians 1, and this letter to the Ephesians also is speaking about the same thing. It's about encouraging the people and making sure that they remain focused on those things that have to do with prayer and thanksgiving. So it says in Ephesians 4, verse 1, I therefore, call, uh, I therefore a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Don't forget that. The calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Humility and gentleness. You've been called to walk with humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Notice that word love. Wow, you know, not just putting up with somebody and bearing, but bearing with them in love. And one of the things that will even be discussed later today is about this interaction with other people. And sometimes we have to understand something that's really important in the body of Christ and even outside of the body of Christ. You need to treat people with respect. When you're bearing with someone in love, it means you're dealing with them no matter where they're coming from. And whether they agree with you or not, you are still going to treat them with love. And that's very, very important because what we want to make sure that we're doing is that we're being at peace. We're always at peace with everyone, no matter what. That's something that's very important for us to see and understand. Everybody's not going to be all lovey-dovey, um, kissy-face huggy stuff. Not everyone's going to get along with you um, the way you get along with your spouse or get along with your, uh, your family members or whatever. And sometimes we need to make sure that we are not falling into the world's trap where two believers are scuffling and fighting with each other because there's a disagreement. That's very, very important for us to see. And we need to still be prayerful for that person who you don't agree with that person that you may not like as much as others. You still need to be, make sure that you're extending this grace to others. Why? Because Christ died for that person just as he died for you. And that's exactly what you need to remember. Christ died for that other person too. And even if it's a misunderstanding, we always want to work out misunderstandings. We always want to do what's appropriate. We always want to do what's right and make sure that we are not having differences with someone else. You know, it's a main reason why a lot of people have to keep politics out of their conversations or keep even discussions of religion out of it because you'll find that people have different philosophies and different thoughts and ideas from you and you don't ever want that to be a reason to have a disagreement with somebody. You want to still love someone for who they are as a person because Christ, frankly, is calling you to do that very thing. He's calling you to love that person no matter where they're coming from or what they're doing. And he wants you to grow, bearing fruit, back at the passage in verse 10 of Colossians chapter 1, in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. And let's go to verse 11, being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. We're doing this 
in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ who enables us, who enables us. He gives us the ability to do what we do when we call upon him. It's not in our own strength. It's in the power of God that we do what we do. You better believe that. There are days when you're not really quite sure what you're going to get accomplished, and yet God brings you through that day, and you say, Wow, look at everything that was accomplished because of you, Lord. And you go back and look exactly to where that power and energy came from. I really appreciate everybody asking me how I'm doing uh, because uh, there is going to be some days where I'm going to be doing double duty. I'll be doing Sunday school and I'll be preaching. And and I appreciate the, the kind words and thoughts because uh, trust me when I tell you, I don't know how I do what I do other than the fact that God gives me the ability to do it. And And I just give him all the praise for that because that's really what's most important right now is that you know, sometimes others have to step up and do what's necessary to try to get things done. And right now, God is enabling. He's an enabler. He enables us to do what's necessary. And I just give him the praise and I give him the thanks for that. And so I absolutely can understand those that verse 11 and verse 12 about enabling to share in the saints' inheritance. That's what we're doing. That is what we're involved in. That is what we're uh, taking part in. That's what's really important for us to see. He is giving us the ability to have an impact with others that goes far beyond our neighbors, our communities. This is a worldwide message. It's an honor to be able to share with people outside of Akron and have this communication. People in different parts of the country uh, can participate in this broadcast as well as the broadcast for our church. The message is going far and wide, and we need to make sure that we are responsible in putting forth that message far and wide. We need to know that. Um, go real quick to Galatians 5.22. We're kind of wrapping it up here um, for time's sake. Galatians 5.22 and 23. We, we understand that we are to carry out the fruit of the Spirit in all that we do. And these attributes of the fruit of the Spirit are what we need to be looking at. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Know that word patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. In other words, there is no hindrance. There's nothing hindering us. Um, there's no law against any of these things. And the fruit of the Spirit, that's you're acting in the Spirit. So, if we're to summarize this section here, verse 13, going back to Colossians 1, He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. Thank the Lord Jesus Christ for rescuing us from our sins. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So when Paul is writing this introductory letter to the Coloss church, he is reminding them about what they're to be thankful for and what they are to be prayerful about. And they're prayerful and thankful because of their deliverance, their personal deliverance from death and destruction, from an internal punishment because of God's goodness. And we are reminded of his goodness that we are to extend beyond ourselves now and have an impact 
that goes beyond just our neighbors and communities, which means you certainly should be communicating with your neighbors in your neighborhood if you can. You certainly should be, wherever you go, going to different places. For, for example, if you're going back out on vacation, if that's ever happening anytime soon, I don't know if it is or not, uh, it, it may eventually happen. But you're going to extend those greetings and make sure that you show the love of Christ to others too in different places. If you're going to the grocery store, if you're doing things like shopping for basic essentials and you're going out, that's beyond your neighborhood. That's beyond your community. You're showing the love of Christ in everything that you're doing with every person that you come in contact with. This is a reminder that we have in this particular passage in Colossians. It's a great introduction to the book of Colossians, but it's also something we need to remember, understand and remember that we have God's grace that allows us to do what we can do and allows us to do what we have been doing. So that's Colossians uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. And we just thank you for being here with us this morning. We're going to pray, and then we're going to uh, sign off. Um, of course, uh, if you're joining us live now, but you joined us late, this whole uh, program will be available online, uh, and it'll be accessible through our Facebook page, Akron Alliance Fellowship's Facebook page, as well as links on our website as well to akronalliance.org. Um, that is also a source for all of the past information um, about uh, messages that were either you can provide. We have uh, messages where there are audio messages as well as some of the video messages. Video messages, of course, can be on Facebook linked to the uh, akronalliance.org website. But we just remember, ask that you remember uh, to pray for others right now. Pray for everyone. And we'll talk about this more uh, if you join us online after 11 o'clock on our Drive and Worship Services work. We're going to talk about uh, how you can help others in the faith. Um, and that's a really, really important part of this discussion that we just had today. So with that in mind, we're going to pray and just do some reminders and we're going to sign off. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your very presence today. We thank you for your teachings we thank you for the teachings that uh, Paul shared with us about the Colossian church and how he is looking to them and praying for them. And Lord, we are prayerful for each other in this entire endeavor that you'll just strengthen us, that you'll help equip us. Lord, we are going beyond being fearful. We are just being faithful. We are going beyond those things that the world would have us to do, but doing what you would have us to do. Thank you for enabling us with your strength. Thank you for enabling us with your power. Thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, bless us and keep us now. And in the future, we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Always remember that grace and mercy. He is good. Amen. Um, just a quick reminder uh, for the drive-in worship service. Please come on down, social distancing. Please wear your masks if you're under six feet uh, of someone else. Uh, don't forget your tithes and offerings. Uh, please uh, uh, dress comfortably. Uh, we'll have a good time uh, today. It's a beautiful day outside. God has blessed us with Sundays back-to-back -back where we've had just great weather. And that has enabled us to be able to meet. And that is something that's very important for us to see as well, too, because he's in control of all of that. So thank you for being with us this morning. I uh, hope to see you at 11 o'clock. Uh, but for now, we'll sign off from Sunday School. We'll see you next time. Take care.